Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 10 of the Centennial Podcast. And today we have a few topics lined up, and we're starting with one that caused a bit of, uh, let's say, outrage. I don't know, outrage, yeah, maybe uh, upset in Sensland. And it was Alfie's fourth straight year where he is unsuccessful at getting into the Hockey Hall of Fame. So I know we're all relatively biased because. You know, being Sens fans, we're obviously going to say Alfie belongs in the hall. Um, So, yeah, I mean, we all have our opinions on it. Um, Matt, did you want to kick us off? Yeah, might as well. Um, uh, uh, How often do you see uh, things like this with the, the Hockey Hall of Fame just like letting everybody down? (laughs) (laughs) Um. Last two years for sure. Yeah, and mm-hmm. like the 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 uh, the International Hockey Hall of Fame has gotten it quite right, just considering like you know they they respect awesome performances and all that, but like this year, Kevin Lowe, seriously, listen, Dan Daniel Alfredson is. 54th in league history in scoring 54th out of how many thousand players ever and like that that is that's unbelievable uh he he actually has more points than than marion hosa does so the uh, like how how often does a cup need to continuously like become the point of contention for people like don't get me wrong i'm not saying marion hosen shouldn't be in the in the hall of fame because he absolutely should be and we drafted him so that's great you know he he uh enjoyed his time in ottawa and like there was an interview that said that but is he the first sense drafted uh player in the hall of fame uh as far that's as i, I know yeah yeah and uh, it's it, it is really cool, but the fact is, like, if I had the opportunity to take one or the other in their primes, I'm taking Daniel Alfredson every day of the week. I don't know if I could be I couldn't be on your side. I don't know. I think I'd have to be against you on that. Uh, okay, fair enough. But I let me I raise a let me raise a counterpoint here. Uh, and first, let me preface this by saying, uh, Daniel Alfredson, I know you're listening. I love you. You're my boy. But if the argument is that, you know, Alfie is 54th all time in scoring, then yeah. it's like, what do you need a Hockey Hall of Fame for? Just open up NHL.com and punch stats all time. Like, yeah. it's it's more than just the amount of points that you put up over time. And does, does Alfredson deserve to be in the Hockey Hall of Fame? Like, I want to say yes, but, like, my heart says kind of not really. Like I think that I let me let me read out his stats here for a second. Uh, uh, so twelve hundred forty six games played, uh, one thousand one hundred fifty seven points. Great. Won the Calder Trophy in nineteen ninety six. Great. Uh, ha- I think he won the Marc Messier Leadership Award one year towards the end of his career as well, which is again that's awesome. But you're not seeing those like you know era defining. The, the kind of trophies that the era-defining players win. Like, there's no Hart Trophy, there's no yeah. Conn Smythe and stuff. And, like, to be fair, if we'd won that ser- that uh, series in 07 to win the Cup, 
he would have been the consummate. He'd be yeah. in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yesterday. I think he yeah, would have been first ballot. He would have been a first ballot. Yeah, because he would have had a con Smythe and he would have had a cup. Yeah, and it's like that's that's the difference. And like it sucks and it's harsh, but like Alfredson is already a hero to everybody yeah. in Ottawa. Like yeah, he's true. he's our freaking boy, and like. Yeah. He doesn't need to be that for the whole league. He never yeah. was in his career. I think we always felt he was a little overlooked, underappreciated by other yeah. teams. You know, story of our life being Ottawa fans. <laughs> and it's like, I'm kind of okay if he doesn't get the recognition. Like, I would love to see it, but like, it doesn't, it doesn't keep me up at night. It's like, we retired his jersey. Like, when, you know, Scrooge McDuck, like, eventually sells this team. Yeah. He's going to come back and he's going to have some kind of role in the organization. Yeah. And that's going to be great. And, like, that's, like, I'm kind of okay with that. Because, like, you can't just go, like you were saying before, you can't just put everybody in the Hall of Fame. Like, yeah. I know that there's, like, there's so many different metrics that go into it. Like, there's individual awards, there's points. But, like, to me, like, it all comes down to one thing. And it's like, did this player dominate their era in the National Hockey League? And I don't know if you can really make that argument for Alfie. And to be fair, I don't think you can make that argument for a lot of people. So you like, you actually can for Alfredson. He's third uh, in the decade, uh, or he's third in scoring in the decade of uh, 2000 to 2009. That's crazy. Yeah, that is that, pretty wild, that's actually. That's... Yeah, like that's that's absolutely insane. Like, you know, the two players that are ahead of him and their first ballot Hall of Famers, one of them just got in this year, Jerome McGinley. McGinley. He was yeah. ahead of him by four points for Bennett. Like, yeah. like, and then this year you have a guy like Kevin Lowe getting in. You know why he's in there? Because the Oilers were a dynasty. Because he played for yeah. Last year we had Guy Carboneau getting in. Guy Carboneau is namesake because he was on the Habs. He had 663 yep. points. That's not like there's nothing to be like, oh wow, that's amazing. Here, I'll throw this in. Do do I personally think maybe he deserves to be in there? Uh being a Sens fan, yes, but looking at it as a whole, no. But ahead of those guys, like let's just take the last two. Ahead of those two guys, a hundred times if those guys are in, there's it's almost a slap in the face that Absolutely he's not in. it is. And I think that the important thing to remember talks more for the garbage <laughs> of how yeah. these guys get selected and stuff. I don't get why it's yeah. such a secret. It's, it's an old boys so, club. So defend why you picked uh, Kevin Lowe yeah. over Alfie this year. Like, I like, need to see. Show me why you picked that. I need to see that. why you're voting for it. Because, because we really. We need you to show your work. Yeah. Because I'm, yeah, I'm taking your opinions now with a grain of salt. When I can point, like I can just genuinely go point at people that are like, uh, they probably shouldn't be there. Especially considering, no, another like to your point earlier, Bennett. Like you're absolutely right. They need a, you know, they need those those benchmark things. I don't think there's anything that is more benchmark for me. Than being the like when you are synonymous with an organization, like period, end of story. Like when I think of the Calgary Flames, I think of Aginla. Yeah. Like when I think of the Oilers, I think of, yeah, when I think of the Oilers, I think of Gretzky. I don't think of Kevin Lowe. Like when I think of the Ottawa Senators, like when you get down to brass tacks, you're always going to know it as that's Daniel Alfredson's team. 
and it always has and always. I will think be. the problem is is that no one's thinking of the yeah. Ottawa Senators, yeah. which which is also across fair. the league. Like we're here, we're talking about it because uh, we're here and it's our team and it's our passion. But you have to understand yeah. we're on the same level as the Florida Panthers and Arizona Coyotes. Yeah, for everyone and it's else. it's frustrating that that is the case because it is we don't like it is. Uh, I I went on that like that tweet diatribe, but like Daniel Alfredson is the second highest scoring Swede of all time. There's been a hell of a lot of Swedes. The only person that's in front of him is Matt Sundin, and he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and then you look at Daniel and Henrik. Yeah, and uh, they'll, Sedin, they'll probably Sedin get Prince, in, and not even there. and they might even be first ballot. And that's the frustrating thing because like like I sure they probably like had more namesake about them because you know they they were the twins but alfie has more points than them (laughs) like that's well yeah especially because one of them has uh, if we're even just talking straight goals now i'm sorry i don't know which one but one of them was the assist guy one of them has yeah henrik and he has no goals but tons of assists but are we just putting them in the Hall of Fame because they were the name? Like, that's what yeah, we're because it's coming down they, to. It's almost like they they play. Who do we like? Let's put them in. They we'll play way story. more games than than Alfie and have way less points. I'm just putting that out there. Yeah. Like, ugh, man. Yeah, I think it's. I think it. It'll depend. I mean, I think they definitely would both be going yeah. in for sure if they had won that game seven yep. ten yeah. years ago. Wow, oh already God. ten <laughs> years ago. But yeah, um, I think then a hundred percent they'd be getting in. Uh, well, I guess what nine years ago is twenty eleven. But anyway, um, but like in the induction for Aginla, they name some things that I don't think are huge things to consider. But they're like, oh, he was a six time All Star. Who also was a six-time All-Star, yep. Alfredson. They say that he uh, won a King Clancy. Alfredson also won a King Clancy. Um, I mean, the thing that Aginla does have on Alfie, other than just the point totals, are um, uh, probably the uh, medals. I'd say for like uh, what do you for Olympics and Alfie has and a gold medal, World Cups or whatever. He does have he does have one, but uh, I believe Aginla has more. Aginla than, uh, won the Art Ross <laughs> one year wrong. too, did he not? Yeah. yeah. Yes, and I mean Alfie has a Mark Messier Leadership Award, but I mean I don't really think that counts for a ton. And was also the captain. But of the then Center again, for like it is years. like these are like intangible. Yeah, things. it's also yeah. I think it's also like it's the Hockey Hall of Fame. It's not just who got a bunch of. Uh, medals and awards and stuff it's it's what players made the game really um popular like which players were in quotations famous you know like the celebrities of the league and i think you could argue that alfie is definitely a prominent member uh, of like or a a prominent face to hockey Uh, i don't think so i disagree i think being on ottawa holds him back yeah i mean I I think anyone that plays on Ottawa holds I, them back I agree the that like being on Ottawa like a small market team like doesn't do you any favors for that regard but I think that you can argue that like you know uh from an international perspective I mean how many young Swedish players grew up looking up to guys like Alfredson and Sundin right Absolutely Yeah and oh, I I think sure. that the NHL is always talking about wanting to grow its brand and they're always playing games in Sweden and stuff you would think that like they would 
take that to its logical conclusion and like recognize like trailblazing Swedish players in the league. Yeah. But and yeah, and, and I feel obligated to say like I was kind of coming off a little harsh before. Like again, like I would love to see Alfredson yeah. in the Hall of Fame. And it's, and I get yeah. that. Like totally understand it. It's just frustrating to see a player that has four eighty point or above seasons. Four. Like that's crazy. Like I think they lose credibility when when you see guys like Guy Carboneau getting in, but like Alexander McGillney, yeah. Rod Brindamore, Daniel Alfredson. Uh, and the worst thing is, is when those guys sit there for years and then arbitrarily yeah. get in now, and you're like, yeah. mm-hmm. what? What this was yeah. their year? You just decided there was no one also, else. Also, I'm so just you threw I just want to point out, you know how I said there are 54 player or 53 players ahead of him in league scoring. One of yes. them is not in the Hockey Hall of Fame. One. Pierre Turgeon. So, interesting. I'm just saying, it's dumb. (laughs) I'm just saying, like, look at the Hockey Hall of Fame, like, like, they put Gretzky in, right? He went in early. He didn't even have to wait his time. But he's in the same Hall of Fame and gets the same recognition, like, in the Hall of Fame-wise, as, like, a guy like Guy uh, Charbonneau and uh, Kevin. And, like, <laughs> that tarnishes exactly. the whole point. And of being I love, there. I love the. I, I, I think you could make the argument though that Alfredson is one of the best two-way players of his time. Yeah. You can make the argument that he should be there over those two make, jerks. You could probably make <laughs> the argument that like I could sift through and pick players that like no he shouldn't be there. Nah, he definitely shouldn't be there. Nah, he shouldn't be there. Nah, he should. Like Alfredson, you know what? Yeah. Like, I'm gonna like fight this point till the cows come home. He should be in the Hall of Fame. He should have been a first ballot. And if he had a cup, which is a team award, he would have been the Hall of Fame. So yeah, exactly. like that's that's where I'm gonna leave it because it's it's so frustrating to me to see like once again Ottawa not getting the recognition, Alfredson not getting the recognition. I swear to God, if Carlson doesn't get in with his two Norrises, <laughs> like it, the, the the whole thing's ridiculous. You should it have like you should have four, we don't even have to wait. It is whatever. ridiculous. Or four, yeah. yeah. That do doughty. <laughs> yeah. Uh but anyway, we'll move on. So the draft lottery happened uh this past Friday, and it was announced that the Senators uh their second pick, or sorry, their I guess they finished second last. Uh so the sec what would have been the second overall pick dropped to five. Uh, but the San Jose pick at three state. So they are now picking three and five. And I hope I didn't say that in too confusing <laughs> of a way. <laughs> but anyway, so we're going to talk who are the Sens drafting at three and five. I think three is pretty easy. We're either we were taking whoever's left at the first three dudes. Either uh, being Lafreniere, Stutzel, or Byfield, we're all on a consensus of that. Whoever's sitting Absolutely. there, we're taking, right? Yeah. Yes, and I and I think it was interesting. I know uh, other Matt shared this um, with us before the podcast, but um, apparently, uh, LA, first of all, didn't even conduct an interview with Byfield. Now I don't know yeah. if that's confirmed, and they will almost certainly rectify that. Uh, Byfield, Byfield did confirm that. Byfield did confirm that, yeah. Yeah. 
that that no, he did, no did uh, so on did. friday when they were speaking to quentin byfield he confirmed on air that uh he had not spoken to the kings yet also that's but hilarious he, that he but that he had okay. spoken to ottawa <laughs> and also yeah interesting okay um but anyway and then also uh earlier we saw that it was a tweet from was it um tsn 12 aj jackie Beck? yeah yeah uh and so anyway he said that he made a few calls over the weekend and that some of the higher-ups in LA love Stutzla and that the Stutzla was possibly celebrating uh, bright and early in the morning because he thinks that he's wholeheartedly going to the LA Kings. Yeah. So that was very interesting. Um, I don't really know what to make of that because it's it is yeah know, it's rumors right like like yeah he he can say he talked to a friend and he's you know someone reliable and respected in the community so it definitely holds more weight than if I just said hey yeah I called up my buddy who knows a guy so it it makes like it makes it a little more interesting of a rumor because AJ Jakubek's not a guy that I think would go out there and spread mm. falsehoods um, but I do think it's quite interesting so. I don't know. Like, I don't think you could go wrong with Byfield or Stutzler, but I just think that that's yeah. very interesting. I mean, you're either getting a German who has elite skating, has great vision, and, you know, knows how to pass the puck really well and put points on the board, or you're getting a 6-5 center, pure and simple, that your team has needed for frickin' ever. Uh, passes, scores, is a good skater period not for not for his size just as a good skater um you know sees the ice well and defends well so like i think i think i'm gonna go out on a limb and say like i'd rather have byfield like i'd be happy with stutzler don't get me wrong at all but like when i heard that the kings you know are really high on stutzler and they want to take him at two i was like bring it on baby yeah like yeah, exactly. I mean, Byfield I is the center in this draft with yeah. the highest ceiling. Um, if he, I heard that he's a little light physically, mm-hmm. like he's a big guy, but he doesn't totally use his body. And I think that's more just because in the OHL, he really doesn't need to use yeah. his body a whole lot to just be a dominant player. But I think he's really going to need to learn to utilize that strength or like his body and his frame more um, in the NHL. But I mean... He's been compared to guys like Eric Stahl, Evgeny Malkin. And I mean, if if you're picking three and you have a chance to get the highest ceiling center in the draft, well, sometimes that's a you no-brainer. Hear highest ceiling player of with Byfield yeah, as well. Just full because stop. He, yeah, because he is the center. That's like true, he, actually. Yeah. Like that position has a higher ceiling than a winger. Yeah. Doesn't and matter also, how many points you so put up, a left wing alone cannot take you to like a cup final. I don't yeah. think. No. Um, I mean, what's also interesting is he's yep. 17. Youngest player in the draft. Uh, and, and people criticized... Yep, and people criticized his World Juniors. But, I mean, look at Lafreniere's World yep. Juniors when he was 17. He had one yep. goal in five games. Byfield, one yep. assist in seven games. Uh, I mean, not to say that Byfield, you know, this time next year will be penultimately better than... Uh, <laughs> than... Um, uh, Lafreniere, but it just, you know, it, it shows like what a year of development can really do. Uh, you know, Lafreniere ended up having a great world junior uh, this year when he was 18, and he ended up putting 10 points up in five games. 
So, I mean, this time next year, maybe Byfield yeah. is the same. And uh, uh, just to your point there, like, as we talked about, the center has the higher ceiling. And the center has a lot more, uh, a lot more, um, you know, things to do in the game. And if you have a 17-year-old center, like, you're going to see Byfield playing a lot less than you would a 17-year-old winger who has a lot less of the team relying on him. So I'm not saying, you know, Byfield's yeah. or uh, Lafreniere's uh, tournament is a little less lackluster or whatever. I'm just saying the microscope probably shouldn't be on Byfield this much about seven games or whatever he played. No, for sure. Uh, just to chuck it out there between the Byfield. Chuck and it, Alan. Thing, remember <laughs> that Stutzel, uh being a European player, will be allowed to go and play in the AHL yep. underage, where Byfield, if he doesn't, let's say, he's not quite a fit for the team yet, he still has to go all the way back to Sudbury, where Stutzel does not. He can go and play for Belleville and stuff, and we can bring him back up and drop him back to Belleville. So that is a plus to look into. A as plus, well. but then you also have to think about if he plays ten games, you burn a year. So, Agreed. like, there's there's benefits and non-benefits. So, like, yeah, no, for sure. And you don't want to screw this one up. Do you want to rush Byfield? No. Do you want to rush Stutzla? No. Do you want to rush anybody? No. Like, from what I've heard, Stutzla and Lafreniere and probably Rossi are the three most. NHL ready prospects. We don't want another Curtis no. Lazar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Curtis Lazar at the time was considered to be a safe pick. He was considered to be a guy. Who... Oh, I know, but I th- <laughs> yeah. Uh, if we're talking about rushing people, he uh, I feel was the prime example of being rushed. Oh yeah, for sure. I totally agree with that. Uh, the interesting thing about Byfield as well is his points per game this season were one point eight two, which is great in and of itself but other players who had similar point per game actually even lower um now i'm not saying he'll pan out to be the exact same player but stamkos had a 1.72 in his draft year um brian little who i think is quite a good two-way center he was 1.7 so i mean byfield at 1.82 that puts him close to john Tavares at 1.86 in his draft year Again, not saying that he will for sure be the same player as John Taveras, but I just think it's worth noting that all the players who went, you know, just around him uh, in points per game were all quite good. I mean, minus maybe mm-hmm. Kyle Wellwood, but, you know, there's always going to be I like how there's, we're, but... we're talking so much about the, the third pick right now when all of the speculation and like, oh, who are we taking? Is it five? <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like as, as discussed, no, like sure. three, like we're going to get either a like, by field <laughs> and like either is going to be great, but like, yeah. yeah, what what we've been debating in the Facebook chat all week was who we take at five. Exactly. And oh man, it's going to be, it's going to be one of those things. Like, like, are you taking? I think it's best player available, but it's so hard to determine who that player is. Like, personally, I think if Raymond's there at five, with the all of the like talk being Detroit is sold, signed, sealed, delivered on Cole Perfetti, which obviously is a rumor, but it's from like a pretty reliable source. Yeah, I've and seen this it's name. in Saginaw. Like, like they're really close. 
So if they're signed sealed on Cole Perfetti and you have the chance to take Lucas Raymond, like, man, and you're, if you walk away in, from the draft with Byfield and Raymond, just those two picks, you still have 11 more to do. You win the draft. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. So, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, and the thing is, like, man, there's so many players that could I potentially know. be available at five. Like, <laughs> like Rossi, Perfetti, Raymond, Holtz. Uh, I don't think they'll go with a defenseman, but Drysdale, Sanderson. Like, there's so yeah. many players that are available at five that the Sens are just like, man. That, yeah. I don't know. I think... I think it's it's wild how much talent is in the top yeah. ten of this draft after the you know, like initial three, but um, like even when Pierre Dorian was asked about it, he said the tiers are obviously number one, and then the next tier is two three, and then the four next tier he's like yeah. four to twelve, and then he's like maybe after that twelve to eighteen, mm. twelve to twenty, but like, and and the Sens have the Islanders pick which. I mean, that'll be another player that, like, hopefully is is around the 20 mark. I'd say maybe even before 20. So the Senators are going to have a lot of picks that they're going to be able to hit on in just the first round. They have four seconds, guys. (laughs) They're picking at, I believe, 33 this year. 33 is almost another first rounder, really. So they have the 33rd, the 46th, the 52nd, and the 53rd. Like, yeah, <laughs> man, yeah, that's Enough that's insane. Said. <laughs> and you have seven picks in the first two rounds, uh, and the Islanders pick can move up. Like, I think the highest it can go is thirteenth. Other than uh, unless they win the lottery, um, don't but, say yeah. it. <laughs> but then that's not a bad scenario either, considering a. The Islanders got in on good goaltending, and I don't think they're going to win their playoff series, their play-in series. Then they get Lafreniere. Yeah, he's not going to be as impactful as John Tavares probably would have been when he came onto the team, being that he was the 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 first overall center. And um, they're going to be crap next year. And if they do win the first overall pick, we're going to get a good pick next year as well. And that makes us having two first, first picks in next year's draft. And, you know, am I complaining about, could you imagine uh, if they tanked? (laughs) (laughs) Like I just, I, the, everything about this draft is a win for us. Yeah. Our, our Ottawa pick fell from two to five, but you know, some people have Lucas Raymond in that, the same ranking as as Stutzla and Byfield. The guy was playing in the Swedish Hockey League. That's a better league than the DEL. That's yeah. better than that's better than the OHL, obviously. So, yeah. And he was a third line player that contributed. Like, that's that's crazy as a U eighteen player. So at five, I want Raymond. <laughs> I I think I'm with you there. I I would really love to take a winger at yep. five. I think uh I think there's a case to be made for taking Drysdale simply because as a right-handed defenseman he'd slot in right there beside Shabbat and that it would yep. just lock in our top pairing, our top D pairing for the next like decade, and yep. that's really tempting and it's arguably maybe the safe choice. Uh, but I think that you know 
with all of the like the wealth of forward talent available in this draft like it'd be you know i would i would just love so much to take you know raymond or holtz or one of those guys but yeah. i mean arguably um you know we don't know exactly how it's going to shake up but i mean what if the sense take let's say it is byfield at three and then let's say they take drysdale at five and then you know, right around where that Islanders pick should be, we have Jacob Perot as a right wing, who yeah, is really like reportedly uh, has scoring upside. A lot you know, of it. if we finagle something to try and get make sure that we get him with that pick, then yeah. there's a there's like there's like a half of a starting five. You know? Yeah. Also, to your point about the right-handed shot, I just looked it up just to confirm my suspicion. JBD is a right wing, right shot. And yes. I think they expect him to be that stay at home, which he is. Like, yeah, he's a very balanced exactly. like, two way like, defender. Imagine him with Shabbat. Oh, baby. <laughs> well, I kind of also want to see how Artyom's yeah. plays with Shabbat because he's been uh, called like a very reliable yeah. two way defenseman. Um, so I'd like to see how he pans exactly. out alongside Shabbat. Yeah. Like, th- this, like, this draft for Ottawa, you don't take a defenseman. You don't. <laughs> no, not when there's so many potentially exactly. elite forwards available. And and I mean, before the podcast, you were making the point that if you look at Drysdale's stats... And, to, I to mean, last year's defense prospects. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't want to take away from him, but he probably in last year's draft... Uh, or sorry, if you put like the number of defensemen, high-end defensemen available like last year commander this year he'd probably be falling more in the 15 range now that's not to say that he doesn't belong in the top 10 top yeah. 5 conversation he's certainly like an impressive defenseman everyone ever or like all the canadian hockey yeah. fans watching him he yep. definitely had quite a standout world juniors uh i think he looked like amazing out there but um but it's it's just i don't know i think it's a draft where forwards are really like quality forwards that can potentially be franchise players yeah. are abundant and you need to go for it and so with that being said for me again i'll go on what bennett was saying if we get byfield at three i'm taking either rossi at five or raymond because i think either the senders need to go bang bang and pick up two centers who they believe could potentially mm-hmm. be first line centers because then if you get two centers who end up being a 1a 1b situation then you're golden that's like you know crosby yeah. malkin territory um, or if you go with Byfield Raymond, well, then you're getting the uh, potentially franchise yeah. center you need and uh, potentially a franchise winger who is a great two-way player, you know? So I, I think they basically need to go all in on on getting the best forwards available in this draft and save getting a defenseman for either the Isles pick or maybe their yeah. top second And uh, just going back to the, the Drysdale point, um... He was, I believe, most of the world juniors. He was playing with Kaylin Addison, uh, who had a phenomenal. Yes. He was, in my opinion, the best defenseman at the World Juniors. He, yeah, oh, yeah he had a hell of a show. Uh, like, he was drafted in the second round in 2018, and his point totals were, uh, like, in his draft year, were better than than Drysdale's in the WHL, which is a harder league. I'm not trying to put down Drysdale. I think he's going to be a phenomenal defenseman. I just don't think you take that one of the top five picks in the NHL draft this year on a defenseman if you're Ottawa. 
when you have guys like Bernard yep. Docker, Brandstrom, uh, Willannon, uh, Zub being one of those guys. Like, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. I think the hard part is that, like, we don't know yet yeah. how many of those <laughs> yeah. D prospects are going to pan out. And it's yeah. like, all we see is that right now, our defensive core is, like, pretty suspect at, like, the NHL <laughs> yeah. level. But we have all of these... You know, yeah. like we have reportedly have all these great prospects yeah. on D, but it's just it's really hard right now because like we haven't seen that at the yeah. at the NHL level. So that's why like like I I would not at all you know be mad if we took Drysdale. Like yeah. I I could quibble that like maybe like you know it'd be nice if we took one of the other guys, and I think if it was me, I would. But I mean, at the end of the day, like I wouldn't kind of like you were saying before with like taking Byfield and Rossi to make absolutely sure we have that one C it's kind of the same argument with Drysdale it's just like you know like we have we know we have guys that could play on the right hand side of that top D pairing but like take another one just to make yeah. absolutely freaking yeah. sure you know <laughs> um so I, I I wouldn't be mad either way fair enough so what we can all agree on is no matter who we're picking with three and five, oh, they're yeah, gonna, we're solid. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. I saw my um, my sister texted me on when I was coming home. Uh, I was heading back to Canada after watching the uh, lottery at my girlfriend's parents' house. And she was like, so what's the deal on Sense Twitter? Are people happy about this? You know, vis-a-vis, uh, you know, a placeholder <laughs> team getting to draft Lafreniere. And I was like, honestly, the consensus I'm seeing, and I think that all of us here in the pod feel the same way is that like yeah it's a bit of a meme that'll placeholder team one but like the sense taking three and five is just an absolute slam dunk and yeah. like we should not turn our noses up at that literally the only three there are three more options that are more slam dunky like two and three three and four or yeah. one in one in five yeah. or whatever you like like i'm not complaining as a sense fan we got a top three pick like that's amazing. We have two top five picks. Not only that, yeah, and and not only that. Like you could argue that in last year's draft, you know, for example, that Byfield would be more of a consensus, like first overall pick. Um, so I don't know. I I think that, uh, I I think that you can't really complain because. Like, yes, of course, we all hypothetically want to get Lafreniere, but the chances were very slim. We all knew that going into it. At the same time, as much as I love Lafreniere, this is maybe a hot take, but to me, Brady Kachuk is kind of solidified as that first-line power forward yeah. of the future. Right now, he's producing not like that. And and like I said, hot take, but, but I think that, Brady is like your yeah. number one left wing. So I think it kind of takes that yeah. temptation away almost of taking a left wing first pick. And instead you get to take a center as the best player available, best player available and as the player that addresses your team's needs, which is not always mm-hmm. what teams have available. And that was my one worry like months ago, just with the potential of the Sens getting Lafreniere. I was like, well, I would love to have him on a team, but he's not exactly a need if we're being honest. I mean, we have Anthony Duclair, so we have two score... Well, I think Brady's scoring will improve, but essentially we have two, like, left wingers, I think, are top six forwards. So, I don't know. That's my hot take. I personally think that the Sens are... Yeah, I I just personally think the Sens, almost, in a way, it's it's lucky, because they get to dress their center needs and get the best player available, which fits the center The whole thing 
thing with the draft with me was like, am I happy if uh, let's take out who's two and one for a second? Picking three and five, am I pumped for the sense? Hell yes. Do I think it's super dumb that a placeholder so team dumb. is number one? Yeah, because that gives potential to a team that yeah. doesn't need. Like you're that that's giving potential to a team with Sidney Crosby or and Connor Malkin McDavid to get Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah, well, and Dreisaitl yeah. to get him. Like yeah. that's what's stupid yeah, about you're, the whole thing. It's yeah. going to be a best out of five, and we're coming back out of some of the players aren't even going to report. So, yeah. and it's going to be like preseason hockey with playoff implications. So you're giving these maybe only three gimmick games. So next year when the guys are ready to play and Sid the Kid and Malkin are ready to go, now they're just going to have another powerhouse with them. <laughs> I Honestly, though, I almost want Edmonton to win just for the memes. And because it doesn't affect Ottawa as poorly as if an Eastern team wins them. <laughs> yeah, then they still won't win because they'll have three of the best players in the yeah, league. Yeah, I mean, Edmonton <laughs> still does well, have to lose. David, Lafreniere, and... <laughs> yeah, that's true, actually. That's a good point. I mean, hey, if Chicago won them, I also wouldn't be mad. Chicago's on that team that's, like, past yeah, their glory days, but, and they're heading more yeah, down Like, now. all in all, I think this should be a wake-up call for the NHL to see oh my God, the COVID has kind of opened our eyes to the fact that our draft lottery system is broken. Yeah, Like you have teams that are bubble teams. Like, sure, maybe they lost a couple of games at the start of the season. They're out of the playoffs. Holy crap, that team just won the first overall pick. Detroit just had a historically bad season. Like, yeah. historically <laughs> bad. is. And they dropped also, to fourth. This Oof. is like the third time Detroit has had like crap uh, draft lottery luck. Are they getting oh, uh, yeah. getting back uh, being being given their comeuppance because they had twenty one straight playoff appearances or whatever? Probably. So, I mean, I'm not I'm not complaining as a Sens fan, but as an NHL hockey fan, when every NHL analyst is like. Oof! This is not a good look. Yeah, this was your first like TV thing in forever. In like and you three just or have four months. Yeah, and you have an unknown getting the hockey yeah, the, the like like basically the gold medal of being bad, going to a team that might have gotten into a playoff spot. <laughs> Are you serious? Oh yeah, it, it'll be it'll be a definite. Uh... Yikes moment too. If it's yep. Pittsburgh or something, so it'll bad. look so bad yeah. on the league. And this is kind of like the logical conclusion of like the league's philosophy when it comes to the draft lottery. Yeah. Because like ever since they've implemented the draft lottery and they've made the changes and tweaked it down the road, basically it boils down to they're so afraid of rewarding teams for being bad that they're instead rewarding teams that don't need to be rewarded. Like, exactly. That's what it comes down to. It's like they were so afraid that teams would lose on purpose in order to tank and get draft picks that the, they decided, and it was a decision that they knew the risks, that they would rather, instead of incentivizing losing, that they would rather take the risk that sometimes teams would get, high, get to draft high without really needing to. Yep. And 
that's a philosophical take. And I know I was listening to Elliot Friedman and he was like, that's their position. And I agree with them. Like, you don't want to have a situation like he referenced a, a year. I think it was it the year of the McDavid draft where like Buffalo, Buffalo and Arizona were playing each other near the end of the season. And like the Buffalo fans were like actively cheering for Arizona. Like, Dude, yes, Buffalo th- straight up traded Michael Neuverth because he was playing well. Yeah, like, like that's hilarious. (laughs) Setting aside that cheering for the other team is objectively hilarious in every situation. It um, shouldn't happen. It it shouldn't really happen. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, well, this in this particular instance, just like you know, the stars being aligned in the most twenty twenty of ways to give us the memeiest lottery possible. Like all that being said, I think generally speaking, I'm kind of with the spirit of what they're trying to do here. <laughs> it's just like in this moment, it's like, come on. <laughs> uh, well, we we've talked a lot, and there's been a lot of discussion league wide about the first round mock drafts, about this player going the first round, and all that. But the Senators have four picks in the second round, and I know we addressed that earlier, but we didn't talk about who they could potentially take. And so I know, uh, Matt, you had some uh, guys who I know things and such scouted out on your own. Okay, well, then I think you can kind of take us away on this one. And who's a player in the second round that you think the Senators could snatch? So I think nice it really up? depends on what you're doing with that 21st pick or wherever it is. Um, you know, if we do end up trading up in the draft because somebody is is there that we really like. Um, I like if we could somehow leave the first round, having traded one of our, uh, second round picks packaged with that, uh, that third second or with that for third first and somehow get Anton Lindell as well. I think that kind of, yeah, that'd be unbelievable. That kind of changes your second round. And Especially because Anton Lundell is considered one of the best two-way centers in the draft. Yeah, not the best. and and that to me, like, if you can get him, he screams like DJ Smith player, and I'm okay with that. If oh, yeah. you're picking that with one of our, with that second, uh, or with that third uh, first first pick. But our second round would look a lot different considering if we did draft three first, uh, three forwards in the first, I think you're going to see a lot of uh, defensemen kind of fall into uh, the second round, just considering it's a very forward-heavy draft. You have players like Lucas Reichel, um, uh, Tyson Forrester, um, and and players of that ilk that are going to be uh, available late in the first round. So you're going to see some defensemen falling into the second round. Um, one defenseman I would really like is like William... Villanueva of the St. John Sea Dogs. He's actually the the D partner of the like highly touted, highly you either love him or you hate him, Jeremy Poirier. And uh he's the much better defenseman of the two. Um do you want that high upside offense without knowing how to play defense? Poirier's your guy. If you want the well-rounded uh, does everything sort of toolbox. Uh, Villanueva is going to be that guy for you. And I really like him. Obviously, we have a lot of Sea Dogs history with Shabbat. Um, but your your second round is like, you know, maybe look at two forwards, two defensemen. Um, 
is Poirier going to be there in the second round? Probably. If you want a boomer bust pick, probably a good idea. Um, I, I think defensemen like uh, William Wallander are going to fall there. You could probably see a guy like Helgi Granz falling to, uh, to the second round. Tyler Clevin, um, Shakir Mukamil. I can't even say his name. Uh, I wish I could. Possibly even uh, right winger Noel uh, Gunner. Yeah. Uh, I know that he's kind of one of those prospects that is, um, I guess, not so safe. He's almost like uh, the Arthur Kaliev of, of, of this year's yeah. draft, except without yeah. the number of goals. He's one of those guys who offensively, he looks like he can definitely be a solid second line sniper yeah. at the least. Uh, but he has some inconsistencies we'll say in the defensive end that are a little more glaring than your average high-end prospect which is why he's seen as potentially yeah. going very late in the first or in the second round so i think noel gunler who definitely dorian would have scouted when he went to scout, yeah. uh, the shl um, and raymond and holtz uh, i think he's a potential second round guy that absolutely that's and to. like i did mention you know tyson forrester I think will fall to the second round if he's not picked late first. And if he's sitting there with our 33rd pick and there's still a lot of defensemen on the board, like, do you go for the pure sniper? Like he's almost six two, he's almost 200 pounds. And the kid last year in his draft season, uh, you know, he, he had over 30 goals. Like, like he knows how to score and he had a really good CHL top prospects game as well. Um, it's, and I love the Germans like John Jason Paterka and Lucas, right? <laughs> like I love those players. Yep. They wowed me in the world juniors simply because like <laughs> Stutzel, uh, uh, Paterka, um, Reichel and cider were like the team for Germany aside from maybe like some depth guys, but like they were doing a lot of the heavy lifting and it showed because they were consistently showing up. And another guy that could probably fall into the second round that we could take is, uh, Jan Mishik of the Hamilton Bulldogs. He came over from the Czech Czech Republic to, uh, to the OHL like mid season, which was really interesting to see. And, uh, you know, he's one of those, like, he's an offensive dynamo when he's on. So he he has a lot of, like, boom uh, potential, but, you know, he also could bust. So, like, I think uh, necessary is getting some some of those picks where, like, they hit their ceiling and they hit hard. Or, you know, they don't. Like, a couple of years ago, we drafted like Gabriel Gagne in the second round and traded up for him simply because yep. he had a shot. Is that the smartest idea? No. If there's a guy sitting there that has the boomer bust potential at your pick and you have hit on your picks, like you have Lucas Raymond, you have uh, Byfield, and then at your, your 21st pick or wherever you're picking, you have Perot, you have lapierre you have uh bork you know or if you even like like god forbid we get lindell you have the opportunity to kind of take some home run swings and uh, yeah. like, there's a guy in this draft emil andre he's an undersized defenseman he put he's uh like a Finn defenseman 
and he's five nine, but he just like he plays a really good D game, and you he, you could see him in the third round. Dude, he's, he's a sweet. sweet. Okay, I know. How can oh, you dishonor man. him like that? They would not like that. <laughs> um, but like, <laughs> these are the things that you you kind of have to appreciate. Where, like, our our draft is is deep. So if you like prospects and stuff, do some of your homework. <laughs> like, uh, we have a lot to look forward to, and if if we get any of the guys that I was able to name before. You know, we're going to have a good draft. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. And, I mean, I, I honestly wish the draft Same. was next week because <laughs> I hate yeah. waiting. Now that we know how the lottery's gone, I just oh, – yeah. Ta- Take sucks. all those rumors about, oh, the Kings are hot on Stutzler. Oh, I heard Detroit wants Perfetti. And just dial that to 10 for the yeah. next, like, yeah. months. And it's yeah. just like, uh Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, uh, we're going to call it a day here at uh, the Centennial Podcast. Uh, so thanks for listening. You got this far. And we haven't done shoutouts lately. So I want to give a shout out to um, all the new influx of followers we've had on uh, Spotify and um, our other the other music apps that we are available on. Um, and thank you to some of our long-term followers uh, on Twitter who have reached out. Um, and just said like, "Hey, looking forward to the next episode. When's it coming out?" Uh, that was kind of cool to get a couple of those come in, and um, and thank you to friends and family who share our posts and are always looking to. I don't know, get us new listeners, I guess. Oh, so you're uh, so sweet. Uh, yeah, and I uh, just want to once again <laughs> say always a, a shout out to Alan. Uh, he was very quiet last week because. I, like I was very surprised considering, you know, Boro was being like heralded as a God. And <laughs> I, I truly wish, <laughs> wait till yeah, we get him on I boys. Wait till we get him been, on. Like able to just be like, yes, this is amazing. <laughs> like I wish, I wish that was the case, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Shout outs to Alan for always being awesome. Thank you, brother. Thank you guys for being, look at us. We're, uh-huh. we're having a family <laughs> now. We're hugging virtually. And uh, as always, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and yeah, I don't know, every, every, all the social medias. Yay. <laughs> so give us a follow on there and uh, we'll catch you next episode. Thank you very much. See you guys. Go, Sans, go. Bye. Bye.